for the next 60 minutes, uh, and uh, we will try to do the best we can uh, to make it worth your while. Um, as always, uh, there are many ways you can get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. How, you ask? Well, right now we're on uh, live, 91.7 on your FM dial. That will be WYXR. You can also catch us on the WYXR app. Uh, we are on the TuneIn you can also find us on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, and uh, when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, you can catch us on, uh, well, when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, uh, you'll find us on YouTube. And, of course, as we are a podcast, you can always find us wherever uh, it is you get your podcast. Well, uh, I don't know where you were this morning, but, boy, on my way to work, it was uh, it was really storming. Uh, for a while, we had back-to-back storms. Uh, things moved out for a while. Had a little more rain this afternoon, but things have cleared out. It's nice. It's pleasant right now. That, that doesn't feel too bad at all uh, in terms of the temperature. Uh, we're going to uh, see temperatures in the low 90s for the remainder of the week. Could see splash and dash shower here or there, but don't let it ruin your fun or your joy. So did we all have a good weekend? I hope that uh, you had a good weekend. Weather wasn't too bad at all, and. Uh, I hope it was uh, uneventful, but good nonetheless. I'm getting excited because football season is literally right around the corner. Another week or two, uh, and we'll be back in action uh, uh, in terms uh, of that. So uh, today uh, was the first day of school for Memphis City, Shelby County Schools, Barton, Lakeland, and a few other school districts today. Congratulations. Uh, uh, Back in session today, the faculty, staff, and students Uh, Or as my wife says, one day down, 179 to go. (laughs) That's what that's how teachers think. You can you can always tell about that. Uh, But in any event, uh, uh, congratulations. We're off to a good start. And we hope that uh, this is going to be a good school year. As far as the show tonight, I think we have uh, three uh, relatively strong guests uh, that uh, we want to bring to you tonight. Mauricio Calvo. Uh, Mauricio is uh, the CEO of Latino Memphis, uh, but he is also uh, the uh, was recently appointed to the Memphis and Shelby County School Board, uh, the first Hispanic uh, uh, on that board, and of course, uh, a great guy uh, brings a lot of uh, compassion uh, to the position, and I think he will do quite well uh, as a board member. Uh, he's going to have his first interview with me. In this position, in just a few minutes, uh, looking forward to uh, chopping it up with him and and finding out what's on his mind. Uh, also, uh, a little bit uh, uh, later on in the broadcast, Candace Freeman. Candace uh, works for Literacy Mid South, and Literacy Mid South obviously is what the name uh, implies. Uh, we want folks to be literate, and uh, a lot to do with that is your reading capability and your reading skills. Uh, well, uh, Literacy Mid-South is actually recruiting uh, tutors, part-time tutors uh, to help folks in that particular area, and uh, they will actually pay you for your time. We'll talk to Candace about that a little bit later on in the broadcast. We'll start to show off in just a few minutes with the good Reverend Dr. Earl Fisher. Uh, he is not only senior pastor of the Ab- Abyssinian Baptist Church, He's also the, 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 the director of Up to Vote 901. In case you've been asleep, we have a big election coming up October 5th uh, that is uh, going to uh, set the wheels in motion uh, for who is going to lead this city for the next four years. I know a lot of you are still uh, undecided or not even much engaged in the process, but uh, big mayor's race coming up. 
uh, and as well as the city council. There is going to be a very important event hosted by Up to Vote 901, and that will happen uh, this weekend. It's called the People's Convention, uh, and it will uh, allow you an opportunity to, to get up and close and personal with uh, some of the folks who want to uh, be in leadership the next four years. And we're going to talk to uh, Reverend Earl Fisher about that uh, in just a few minutes. First things first, though, on this uh, August the 7th, uh, we celebrate you. Uh, if you uh, have recently made another trip around the sun, be it this weekend, be it today, or sometime this week, you know, special is special is, you know, special. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we like to celebrate you uh, by doing a little like thing we like to call uh, the shout out. Uh, so uh, if you are ready, uh, we are ready here, but we can't do anything until I say, hit it, Brent. Happy birthday, happy birthday is going out to the following folks. Uh, Delilah Van Shiver, you're celebrating a birthday today as is Tasha Hawkins. Valeria Love Davis celebrating today. Joyce Brewer, happy birthday to you. Sharon Renee Best, Dolphus Weary, and Valerie Sharma. And I don't see Lola making a move to the mic or Nicole making a move to the, night, uh, to the mic, so I guess they don't have any birthdays today. But from all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, we wish you a very happy birthday. We hope this day has been filled with fun uh, and laughter. And we look forward to being with you again next year as you celebrate yet another trip around the sun. Thank you, Brent. So uh, we already mentioned today is the first day of school and uh, everything uh, from all in indications went well. Uh, there are some new security measures in place. Uh, uh, SROs, uh, school resource officers placed. Uh, there's supposed to be one at every school in the district. Uh, so we're obviously hoping for uh, some safety, uh, you know, uh, situations this year because it really is all about keeping all the folks uh, on these campuses safe. Uh, and, and free from harm this year. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, or had it the the uh, the election happened, but both Justins, uh, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones from Nashville, who were uh, expelled from the uh, House, had to go through a special election. They went through the special election, waste of time. They both won their seats, uh, but uh, this time they cannot be expelled by their colleagues uh, in the House of Representatives. So that uh, saga is over, uh, and we can actually move forward uh, to trying to get some business done. Now, there is a, a special session set forth by the governor, which is supposed to take place on August 21st. Uh, I heard that uh, some of the uh, leadership on the Republican side of the House has reached out to the governor uh, to tell him not to uh, schedule this or postpone scheduling it or cancel scheduling it, uh, which to me uh, is a pretty good indication about how they feel about uh, gun safety uh, in the Tennessee State House. So we'll see how all of that uh, breaks out. There is an investigation happening um, about the uh, doings at Serenity uh, Towers. Serenity Towers is a senior uh, citizen uh, facility a complex uh, in the city, which has for a very long time uh, been the source of uh, many complaints by people not only living there, but people who have visited there as well. 
Uh, this is a senior living facility uh, with uh, generally problems like uh, no air conditioning, uh, elevators not working, uh, no water, uh, and just unsanitary and unlivable conditions for our precious seniors. Well, uh, State Representative G.A. Hardaway uh, has uh, recently toured the facility and has said that he will make it his singular mission to make sure that uh, the people that own that property live up to uh, being able to improve the standards of living of those who are living there. Can you imagine living uh, on uh, the 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th floor, uh, and because the elevators aren't working, having to walk as a senior citizen up those stairs? Uh, the building oftentimes has no air conditioning in this 100-degree temperature. So, I mean, it really is it's just, an, it's just uh, uncivil all the way around. Uh, he, along with uh, uh, Assessor Melvin Burgess, are uh, working hard to uh, try to uncover a lot of these issues and hopefully rectify those down uh, the road. So, you know, all of you who went to Memphis in May, uh, just a couple of months back, uh, had a relatively good time from what I'm to understand, uh, but you caused a lot of damage. So we're going to have to require you to, uh, to pay back well, not you necessarily, but uh, somebody needs to, to pay back uh, the folks who oversee the park uh, to the tune of $1.4 million. Uh, the assessment after the, after the barbecue fest and the music fest was that there, there was a damage in the amount of over $1.4 million to that park. Uh, now, the Memphis and May uh, folks are going to have to pay uh, $625,000 uh, which was the deposit on the front end. Uh, plus, they're going to have to come up with another $400,000 plus uh, to make up uh, that shortfall in order to pay for the damage to this thing. Uh, by the way, work uh, is continuing uh, down at Tom Lee Park, and it is scheduled to be open on September 2nd. So we'll see how all of that goes. Uh, so uh, there was a, a bit of an issue uh, in Montgomery, Alabama on Saturday night. Don't know if you were aware of it or not. I didn't find out about it till yesterday. Apparently, there was an issue that turned into a brawl that unfolded along racial lines. Let me explain. A pontoon boat uh, was uh, heading into the harbor there, right? And this pontoon boat prevented a larger river boat from docking. Now, uh, a river boat worker who was black uh, objected to these individuals, um, you know, and trying to get them to move out of the way because the riverboat was about to come in. Well, the fellas that were on the pontoon, about six of them, they were white. They objected to being told that they couldn't put their pontoon boat where it wasn't supposed to go in the first place. So uh, a few of them decided to attack uh, the... Uh, <laughs> God... Uh, the uh, riverboat worker. They all decided, several of them decided to attack him uh, as he was trying to do his job as he confronted those guys. Well, uh, from that point, it was on. Uh, once uh, some other folks that were on the riverboat saw what was happening to the worker, black men, they jumped to his defense. So now you had a nice brawl, white guys on one side, black guys on the other side, and everybody was getting into it. Then you had a couple of women who were involved in this thing as well. Uh, one of them got pushed into the water. The other one got hit in the head with a chair the whole nine yards. 
Authorities are still trying to untangle this mess. Uh, there was a video of it. I don't know if you were able to see it before it got taken down. A lot of people did see it, and a lot of people probably still have it. But 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 all traces of it, you know, in, in the normal route that you would go to find a video are gone. So uh, it is being investigated. The situation is, uh, is, uh, is, is being looked into. And, of course, uh, there are going to be charges filed. We just don't know who's going to be charged with what. So the moral of this story is uh, let's not uh, put a pontoon boat where it doesn't belong, especially in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, in other news, uh, the women's soccer team is done uh, from their pursuit of a third uh, uh, championship. Uh, they lost to Sweden over the weekend in penalty kicks, so uh, that's done. Uh, anyway, we're done with the news, and uh, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to start the show. What do you say? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a very important election that is coming our way. The question is, are you ready? Uh, we're ready, of course, right here. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Our first break of the night, and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Crosstown Brewing Company is releasing their annual contribution to the autumnal celebrations with their Crosstoberfest Best Style Lager at their tap room on Friday, August 11th. This clean golden lager is akin to the original Oktoberfest beer with its light color and dry finish. More information can be found by checking Crosstown Brewing Company's social channels. Let's take it back in time to Cool Summers by Mint Cream Market. Shop with Memphis artists and makers alike. It will feature music from WYXR DJs every last Saturday of the month starting June 24th at the High Cotton Brewery located in the Historic Edge District. Thanks to Mint Cream Market, Memphis Medical District Collaborative, and WYXR. More information at mintcreammarket.com. On November 17th, Minglewood Hall will host indie folk band The Head and the Heart. The night will begin with an opening set by indie pop artist Yoke Lore. More information regarding tickets can be found at minglewoodhall.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening in the city. Chip with you. And uh, as we uh, spoke uh, of at the uh, top of the broadcast, uh, there is a very 
uh, important election uh, that is happening in just a few weeks. Uh, we are going to elect uh, a mayor and, of course, uh, several members of the city council. Uh, to say that this is an election of consequence is really an, an understatement because this is the first time uh, that uh, we have elected a new mayor uh, where there was no incumbent in decades, and that's why this is uh, extraordinarily important. Uh, but there is a major event this weekend that uh, many folks need to be involved in, in particular you folks out there who haven't quite made up your mind uh, of which of the 17 candidates running for mayor you're going to vote for. So I wanted to bring in uh, a good friend and a man who cares a great deal about this city. Uh, he is the Reverend Dr. Earl Fisher, senior pastor of Abyssinian Baptist Church uh, here in the city, and he's also the director of Up to Vote 901, which is hosting a very, very important event this weekend called the People's Convention. And Reverend Dr. Earl, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you tonight? Man, thank you for having me back on. Last time we talked, I was in Florida. I'm glad to be back in Memphis. And so appreciate you giving us the opportunity to invite people to add their name to the list of the hundreds who have already registered for the Memphis People's Convention this Thursday, this Friday, well, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Memphis Sports and Events Center which is 995 Early Maxwell. So if you know how to get to the Coliseum, you know how to get here, but we are asking people, all of your listeners need to go to uptovote901.com right now, scroll down to where it says register for the people's primary, and please do us a big favor, do Memphis a big favor, and make sure you show up and stand up and speak up. We are not telling people who to vote for. We are giving people access to the information and the individuals so that they can help, we can help them make that decision for themselves. So thanks again for giving me a chance to talk about it. Man, absolutely that. And, uh, you know, it is a, an election of consequence. And uh, you and I spoke, I don't know, a few weeks back, not, not too long ago. And I and I asked you, you know, if you could gauge uh, uh, the attention of, of where folks are in this process. Uh, back then, I think you told me there was close to like 45, 48 percent of the people uh, uh, spoken uh, in reference to the election had not made up their minds as of yet. Now, what you said a couple of minutes ago gave me a little bit of encouragement uh, that hundreds are starting to pay attention and understand maybe the importance of are folks starting to focus in a bit more on this election? Well, I think it's hard to tell. We'll probably know more by the end of the weekend. And it's hard to tell because the field is still convoluted. I mean, there were 20 mayoral candidates. Now there are 17. But still, you have not heard a whole lot publicly from some of the quote unquote front runners. And now there are so many different events that people have to try to split their time and their allegiance to. And it's hard to tell whether or not people are actually getting the information that makes them feel confident about deciphering between who is viable and who is not, and who actually aligns most closely with the majority of the citizens insofar as issues of import are concerned, like the issues on the Memphis people's agenda, issues like the Memphis city budget, which we'll talk about Thursday, Issues like education, which we'll talk about Friday. Issues about labor and wages, we'll hear from some of those people throughout the week. Issues like housing and the environment. And of course, the infamous front-running issue, which we will discuss on Saturday, right. which is crime and public safety. So I think people want to get more access to the individuals outside of stump speeches and political talking points. 
But one of the things that's very valuable about the People's Convention Chip is not only the information, it is also a structure test. Because if I am a candidate running for office, whether it be city council single member district on Thursday, single council city council super district on Friday, or the mayor's race on Saturday, I get a chance to see how I've been able to mobilize my constituents. So we've been in relationship and conversation with several of the candidates with our meet and greets, which we talked about several weeks ago, right. meet and greets that we held in places like Lamorno College in South Memphis, or the Orange Mound Arts Council, or the New Chicago CDC, or the Levitt Shell, or at the South uh, Land uh, Mall. Mall. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, right. So, so if you have been organizing and engaging your constituents that you hope will turn out to vote for you in October, here's a chance to flex your muscles. Get them to come to the People's Convention to make sure you get denied for that. But I think what we'll probably see is a whole lot of people who don't want to face the music about their viability or lack thereof, or definitely don't want to face the music insofar as the issues are concerned and having to address those issues in a very tangible and concrete way. So that's why, as of right now, I think we have six mayoral candidates who have confirmed, which would mean nine of them haven't. Now, some of them, I think, might have a more or less legitimate excuse. They may have been pre-booked. There's another sure. event going on that same day at the same time. Sure. But some of the candidates, I think, just are relying fully on their name recognition and not even trying to put forth the good college tries, they would call it, to make sure that they are present and accounted for something like this. But when you have so many people who have been undecided and when you have so many people in the race and you don't have to win 50% of the vote, I think every vote matters. And so as of right now, we have hundreds of people who are registered and I think hundreds of hundreds more will register between now and Thursday. And even if people want to show up the day of and register on site, they can do that too. But we are encouraging people to do it before Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you know, in, in mentioning uh, what you mentioned there, uh, one of the things that has been historically uh, sad about a lot of these elections is the turnout. It's always been, I mean, for the number of people who are registered to vote here, a turnout has been extraordinarily uh, low. Uh, with the number of candidates involved in this, uh, are you concerned uh, at all about uh, the turnout uh, as pertains to this because there's just so many people uh, involved in this? We are always concerned about turnout. So our entire thrust, like this event and this effort and all of the other ones, are ultimately about us helping to increase voter turnout in Memphis and Shelby County in every election because we, lead, we believe when you have higher turnout elections, you end up with the candidates that reflect the will of the majority of the citizens. When you have low turnout elections, you end up with people who have been in one way or another able to manipulate or exploit an often uninformed, ill-informed, or misinformed electorate. So they don't govern in ways that benefit the communities where people have been disenfranchised, like the places we visited over the last few months. North Memphis, South Memphis, Frazier, Hickory Hill, Binghamton. So if you couple that with voter suppression tactics, I mean, clearly it's harder for people to get access to the ballot box than it ought to be. But it's also a byproduct of people not feeling like they have enough information. So if we aren't careful, that 48% who is undecided, we don't know how many of them will stay home. And we don't want that to happen. What we want is as many, and I wish every candidate would be committed to this, but they're not, Chip. And we know that they're not 
because we haven't seen a lot of them seek to even expand the electorate, let right. alone ignite the electorate. Right. I think too many of them are okay if they get in office and only 10,000 people or 15,000 people voted for them. Yeah. That should not be what we want because I don't think that would get us the type of, the, the type of administrative and executive leadership at the city council level and at the mayor's office level that we actually need. So what we are about is trying to get turnout as high as possible. We believe that comes through engagement, education, and empowerment, and that's what the Memphis People's Convention is all about. A lot of people uh, have mentioned uh, the fact that there are uh, several candidates uh, in the race, I guess if you can call them the upper tier, uh, who are basically going by name recognition, uh, and 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 you sort of alluded to it. A lot of them may not feel like they need to get out and do as much as uh, you know maybe one of the lower tier candidates out here. But that really is at the at the at the heart of the problem because people tend to feel disenfranchised and not important in this process. If 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 you're a candidate and and you don't feel like my vote is is important to you, then why should I feel um, that uh, going mm-hmm. to the polls is important? And that sounds like exactly what you're trying to say in all of this. Yeah, I, I think you are definitely, you know, in the amen corner of it all. Yeah. You know, if I could evoke some black church vernacular. And what it says to me is, number one, being, as you stated at the top of the show, that this is the first time in decades that there's no incumbent. There's nobody who can run and say, I've been doing this for the last four to eight years. Right. And so you should trust me or you should know me, right? So everybody should be lobbying and vying for the activation of as many voters as possible. So again, if people are not committed to doing that, I think that signifies for us the danger of what their administration might look like, whether that's city council or whether that's um, the mayor's race. But for us, we would hope that people would hold people accountable for not getting out there. I'm not, now this is me personally, and I know that there are people who are connected to our organization who feel differently and Mm -hmm. we welcome and affirm that. Mm -hmm. But I would refuse to vote for anybody who did not take the time to publicly let me know where they stand on issues that are important to me. And I would do what I can, even in the midst of my busy schedule, to avail myself at the events where they are present and accounted for so I can make sure I heard from them directly. I've already attended four to five mayoral debates, you know, and not to mention the one, the meet and greet sessions that we've hosted. I'm talking about the debates themselves because I want to hear from people on the issues. And so I would hope that people who are watching and seeing candidates choose not to show up will hold them accountable for not showing up. If they don't show up for you on the campaign trail, don't show up for them at the ballot box. Mm. Well, uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, we, we talked about the importance of all of this and you've been working very hard uh, to try to get people to understand that as well. Before I let you go, uh, please give them all of the information that they need in reference to this very important convention you are holding in the next few days. So, again, we will be Thursday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Friday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Mm. at the Memphis Sports and Event Center. is right behind the Coliseum, right by, it's in Liberty Park, right next to the Pipkin Building. Mm. Go to uptovote901.com, scroll down to where it says register. If you got any questions, email us at uptovote901 at gmail.com. You can catch us on social media, uptovote901 on Facebook, uptovote901 on Instagram. Please, brother, sister, friend, Ken, please, ma'am, please, sir, do all you can to be present and accounted for. Thursday, we will caucus around the single-member district, 
for the city council. On Friday, we will caucus around the super districts for city council. And on Saturday, we'll caucus around the mayor's race. Thanks again, Brother Chip. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Reverend Dr. Earl Fisher, thank you, my friend, for uh, coming on the show. And thank you for your passion uh, in making uh, our uh, community a much better place to be. We'll, we'll catch up uh, down the road. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Peace and love, everybody. Yes, sir. Reverend Dr. Earl Fisher, ladies and gentlemen, and again, uh, if you are interested at all in the, the future of our city, uh, contact the folks at Up to Vote 901. Register for this convention coming up this weekend. We talked about how consequential it is, how important it is, and more importantly, if you want uh, leadership, uh, good leadership in this city, then you need to hold the individuals who have said they want your vote accountable. Uh, and you need to uh, understand where they're coming from. And more importantly, they need to understand where you're coming from in all of this. Let us not take voting for granted because we've done too much of that for far too long. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus to education. Uh, and that is extraordinarily important here as well. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip Washington. Uh, great to have you with us uh, on this beautiful Monday evening in the city. Another break. And we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Mempho, presenting Green Sky Bluegrass at Minglewood Hall on Thursday, November 16th. This is an all-ages show and will include an opening set by Lindsay Liu. Ticket information and availability at MemphoPresents.com. Wednesday, August 9th, we bring this year's season of WYXR Stereo Sessions presented by Minfo to a close with Betty Crutcher's Sweet and Soulful, Long As You Love Me, I'll Be Alright. Crutcher's numerous hits as a Stax Records staff songwriter such as the platinum-selling Who's Making Love culminated in her first and only LP released in 1974. And we'll gather to explore the record at Memphis Listening Lab for a night of amazing music and conversation centered around the Memphis funk folk rarity. RSVP for the free event at stereosessions.wyxr.org. WYXR Stereo Sessions presented by Mempho, featuring Betty Crutcher's Long As You Love Me, I'll Be Alright, is sponsored by Crosstown Brewing Company, Via Productions, Memphis Listening Lab, and the Stax Museum of American Soul Music. Did you know you could donate your vehicle and support WYXR at the same time? We offer free pickup, and it's tax deductible. Go to cars.wyxr.org to donate your car today. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Real 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Glad to have you with us. Uh, and I'm glad to have uh, my next guest with us as well. I am. Uh, I, I really admire uh, this fella. I've known him for a long time, and I know uh, that his heart has always been uh, in the right place and specifically for his uh, community and for the community. He is Mauricio Calvo. He is the CEO of Latino Memphis, and he is also uh, the latest and uh, most recently appointed school board member. And Mauricio joins me now. My friend, it's great to see you. Uh, I love the shirt. And uh, and how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Hola, Chip. It's good to see you, too, man. Uh, you know, you remind me the name like Tortilla Chip. Like, I should just call you Tortilla uh, Chip. Well, you know what? Hey, coming from you, I take that as a call. <laughs> it's, it's all good for me. So, so listen, Mauricio, congratulations, first and foremost, on being uh, appointed to the Memphis and the Shelby County School Board. Uh, you have been active and involved in the community uh, for so long. You have children that go uh, to school in the district. And, 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 and I get, I get, but first things first, uh, you know, what does it mean to you to be a part of this body? And more importantly, making very important decisions or being part of making important decisions uh, that, that affect our school children. Well, again, thanks for the opportunity to be here and for your listeners to take some time to listen to us. I, I think it's important in so many different levels and in, in no particular order of priority. Um, it is important because it's urgent, right? Uh, I've been saying that I don't believe there is a more urgent issue in our in our community than our education system because we can tie everything from you know safety to housing to economic development to really the future of memphis to education so that is really um you know the the, the main reason this is so important to get on and to do a good job um the second reason is that th this is a very important time in our in, in our school system we are you know, facing the, the decision-making of a new superintendent. We are also losing some money that was with us during COVID, but we're also facing a new school uh, funding formula from the state. So there's gonna be some shifting of funds. Mm -hmm. um, I like to remind people how large Memphis Shelby County schools are. You know, we have you know, 200 schools uh, under on, on our care, uh, both charters and traditional schools. We have 14,000 employees, making us the second largest employer in Shelby County mm -hmm. and a budget of $2,000 million. Mm -hmm. So it's actually $2.3 So it is, it, I mean, just to give people and your listeners a perspective, uh, this is more than twice, almost three times the size of the city of Memphis budget. Finally, and I will say just this, it's also important personally because uh, I am the first Latinx person to be in public office in yes. Shelby County. That's my knowledge. And that comes, uh, you know, yeah, great honor, but also a great deal of responsibility. So there's a lot of, you know, issues of why this is this is uh, important. You know, uh, you know, and, 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 and to what you just said, being the first uh, Hispanic, to my knowledge as well, uh, ever to be on the Memphis City and Chevy County School Board, there's a lot uh, that goes into that, and there's a lot of pride that goes into that as well. And you're representing, uh, you know, uh, uh, peoples uh, that you've been representing for quite a long time as the CEO of Latino Memphis. So yes, I, I do think there is is a, is a, is, a, is, a, is a great responsibility overall. Uh, but even more so a responsibility for for a lot of the folks uh, uh, that are part of, of of your community, you know, as well, uh, who I'm sure are looking up to you uh, with a great sense of pride uh, to see, you know, what you are actually going to bring uh, to being a part of this uh, this team here. 
Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I hear often when I hear the story of African-Americans or even Latinos and Latinas being the first is that you have to make sure that you're not the last or the only one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and not only do we need more representation in the school board, we need more representation in the city council, the county commission, but even within Memphis Shelby County Schools, we need more principals, we need more bus drivers, we need more teachers. Um, you know, we need, we need our community, our people to look like the people that we're serving. So, so uh, but to your point, there are specific challenges that every community has. And as I was tell, telling, telling a parent earlier, um, I'm not here just representing the Latinx community. I'm here representing everybody. But of course, I I, I am Latino. I'm very proud of that. And I want to do a good job for my community as well. I read uh, a, a, an article uh, recently, I think, that you did for one of the newspapers. And, and really... One of the things I think that 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 you value most, and that you really uh, want to focus on with a, with a laser vision, is really the accountability uh, and the responsibility and the accountability of the Memphis and Shelby County School Board. You and I know, and we've all uh, seen the news uh, in the past and the headlines and everything. There's a, there seems to be a bit of an issue in terms of that. Of course, uh, a lot of that stemmed from uh, the superintendent search, which is ongoing now. Sign of kind of started started all over again uh, but but I know you understand that coming into it so really uh, you want to as you said earlier there's an accountability issue that goes along with this but you want people to be able to trust the process talk a little bit about that yeah it's a great question I I think we have lost confidence in our political systems and in our public systems and that's 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 an attack on democracy we have to make sure now that I'm on this side to do everything that we can to give people trust in the system, right? Uh, to give people trust in the system. It's, 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 and I, I get it. Like as, as I am starting to learn a little bit more, it's so complex. Look, I'm not, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, I thought this was ready, but here's a visual. There you Here, go. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Yes, sir, you got so, to, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a lot, right? It, it is. So that, that doesn't mean that we don't have to be transparent, but for those of you who are just listening, you know, here's a good, you know, four inch, binder with thousands of pages of of information so so i think part of that is is just we just have to do a better job in memphis shelby county schools disseminating this information explaining folks why things are the way they work i'll give you an example really quick you know thousands of parents uh registered this weekend for school yes for the school that began today yes um i don't have the exact number yet but but you know i was at an event on saturday and the line you know, you read the story in the paper. There were probably 4,000 people there for other reasons, but many of them to register. Many of schools today, you know, were having long lines of, uh, you know, on, on-site registration. I wish people understood that unless people are registered in school, we cannot legally hire enough teachers to serve on that school. So if we wait until the last minute, now we're hustling getting, you know, teachers assigned to particular schools. So so we've been doing this for a long time. So we kind of know where students are going to be. We're uncertain to a degree, right? So people may be like, oh, this is not transparent. So this is a two-way street. I think the school system needs to do a better job communicating, explaining to people, but also there's there's 110,000 customers, right? The students who come to our schools every day. Um, and that's not, again, that's not an excuse though, because it's so big, it, people can get lost I mean, Chip, if you think about it, everything is so big here from how many security guards do we have to yeah. how many uh, forks we need to have, you know, for, for lunch every single day, right? Mm-hmm. So we, if you think about it, we use millions of 
forks in in a month uh just just as an example so so there has to be i, I want to do a better job explaining and communicating to people how the process works i saw you uh along with uh, michelle mckissick uh, at a press conference today held by the uh the uh, interim superintendent uh tony williams and talking about the fact which you just talked about you know we, we you know you always need uh teachers always good quality teachers but you're trying to balance one end versus the other end like you said and a lot of times people really don't understand the process but they want uh, something to be done they want this or they want that uh, and so i think uh, one of the things you just said uh, that, that people really need to understand is uh that as a body uh and as a school board you all need to do uh, as a district a better job in explaining things to the general public uh, who may be confused about some issues maybe not for not wanting to but maybe not understanding or knowing what the process is and I think, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but does this start with uh, the uh, parameters that you all just uh, set forth in terms of uh, bringing in a new superintendent of education? I would say, I mean, I have only known Tony for a very short period of time, right? I mean, I, I, knew, I knew of her, but on this new role, I've been, I've been here just for a couple of weeks, sure. uh, technically, this morning and on Friday. Um, you know, my experience with her has been very positive. I know she's our CFO. She stepped up to the plate in a very challenging time for for the system. Now that she's not, um, you know, being considered for the role, I think I think it has taken some tension away from the conversation. Uh, but you know, I think Tony's doing a good job while while we wait. Like we can, one thing we cannot afford to do is wait, right? Um, so I am kind of bringing a sense of urgency but we don't want to rush things either because we we have to get this right this is the most important ceo in the city uh i, I mentioned this before um I, somebody told me the other hey i think this is this decision is as important as picking selecting the next mayor mm -hmm. so so in the meantime i think tony's doing a great job we need to you know she's moving forward it's not only her it's her whole cabinet and the people under her are they is there room for efficiency is there room for improvement Absolutely. I, I've been a parent of, uh, you know, in the school system and I've been critical about some things that are not working. Mm -hmm. Two of my kids were in charter schools, one kid in, 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 in a traditional school. So I, I'm open to all of those things. Uh, the board is going to be working really hard on bringing down next leader. And we have to get this right. And I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. And to the, to the point of accountability, I want to be accountable. But we also, this is a call to parents. We need parents to participate, to voice their opinion, to show up to these meetings where we're getting feedback. I, we, I want to hear, and I'm sure my colleagues do, I want to hear what's working, what is not working. Mm. Uh, people have been telling me, come and tell us what you're going to do. I'm like, yeah, I, I can tell you, but I, I'm more interested in hearing what people have to say at this point and what, they, what, what is working than me just talking and talking like I'm doing it right now. Absolutely, and uh, you know, is it? And when I when I heard that you were uh, the choice, uh, I really celebrated that. I thought that you know, for for many various reasons, uh, you will bring uh, you know a sensibility to all of this. You bring a completely a different perspective uh, from the Latinx community as well. But more importantly, as a concerned citizen, Mauricio, listen, I I uh, uh, I'm very proud and happy for you. I know you'll make a, a positive difference. And listen, I want you to come back on the show. After as you get more into, you know, into, you know, understanding the functions of what it is that you all have to do as a board. And as we get maybe closer down the road uh, to uh, choosing another uh, superintendent of education, you know, you're always welcome back on this show, man. And I, and I look forward to, uh, to getting some uh, progress reports to you as, as time moves forward, my friend. 
thank you for the opportunity to be here and for the opportunity to serve as well. Thank you. As- absolutely. Uh, we'll be talking down the road. Mar- Mar- uh, Mauricio Calvo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I tell you what, uh, he's going to make a difference, a positive difference uh, in uh, uh, this board, uh, being on this board. He's going to make a positive difference in this community. So happy to have him on the show tonight. Look forward to talking to him down the road. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to stay on the education theme kind of sort of. We're going to talk about reading. And not only is it fundamental, it is necessary. And we'll tell you how you can get involved on this edition of Real Talk Memphis We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Healthcare through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN. Crosstown Brewing Company is excited to bring you the sixth installment of Crosstoberfest, CBC's annual celebration of beer, autumn, music, food, and fun. The event is on October 14th from 12 to 8, with live music starting at 1. Expect fun for the whole family with activities for the kids, food, games, and more. More information can be found on the brewery's social media channels. MIFA's Meals on Wheels program serves more than 700,000 meals to seniors across Memphis and Shelby County each year. MIFA depends on volunteers to deliver many of those meals, and the volunteers may be the only person the seniors see that day. If you would like to be part of MIFA's long tradition of service and to learn more about volunteering, more information can be found at mifa.org wyxr. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast uh, this evening. We talked uh, about this at the top of the show when I was running uh, down our guest list. And, of course, Literacy Mid-South uh, is an organization uh, that is dedicated uh, to making sure uh, that uh, so many are able to to read, uh, comprehend, and understand. Uh, but like uh, a lot of organizations, they, they need help uh, you know, from the community. Uh, and, I, and I read and I heard a story uh, about them uh, recently and their effort uh, to hire tutors. They want to hire about 100 part-time tutors 
uh, to help uh, folks uh, learn how to read better. So I wanted to find out more about this, so I invited to the show uh, Candace Freeman from Literacy Mid-South. And Candace, uh, 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 you know, first of all, again, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you. And more importantly, uh, thank you for what you all are doing as an organization to help so many, uh, you know, uh, do better in terms of reading comprehension and understanding. We really need that, and we appreciate you. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Um, thank you, Chip, for letting me come on and just talk about this really amazing opportunity that we have happening at Literacy Mid-South right now. So uh, when you all were uh, uh, putting this together, uh, what was uh, what were some of the, the target points? What were some of the bullet points that you that you felt uh, that you needed uh, something like this to happen? And really uh, how uh, so many in our community can help so many others. What, what, what brought you to this point? Yeah, um, so we saw a need at Literacy Mid-South coming out of the pandemic, um, right? And students not being able to go in school in person. And so we saw a need where students were lacking some of those core reading skills that um, you kind of need to be in school to get those touch points with your teacher. Mm. Um, and so we were trying to figure out what is a way that we can support um, Memphis Shelby County schools in trying to help students retain not only the knowledge that they gained over the pandemic, mm -hmm. but also um, grow in some of those areas of loss that they had during the pandemic. Uh, many people, uh, and, if, and really all of us, uh, didn't realize until we were sort of in the midst of, of uh, this global pandemic, uh, pandemic, how much it affected so many uh, in so many different ways, and, and you laid that out perfectly. Now that we're we're on the backside of it, uh, you know, thankfully, and we'll stay on the backside of this. Uh, I guess we're sort of starting to catch up a little bit. I guess would you say that things uh, in in the world that you deal with on a daily basis are starting to normalize themselves, or was the deficit that occurred during that particular point in time of the pandemic? Uh, really more than even you all thought? Um, I will say that um, I was actually a teacher during the pandemic. Okay. Um, I was teaching high school English. And so I saw firsthand um, while in the pandemic in that year after the pandemic, um, just the deficits that occurred um, because students essentially missed a year and a half of school mm -hmm, almost, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you're thinking about elementary age students, that's foundational um, learning that they've missed. Um, and so when we think about uh, where we are today, a lot of schools, including a lot of uh, Memphis, Shelby County schools, have had to go back and like rebuild that foundation. Yeah. Um, and so you are you are starting to see the fruits of that labor um, of um, the more intentional focusing on those foundations, making sure that students, even if they missed it, are getting it. Mm -hmm. um, and as specifically with the age group that we're working with, second and third grade, um, these students are not as affected because they're kind of on the back end. So um, they're kind of coming in where they um, where they get the benefit of working with 
teachers and schools that have learned the lessons of the pandemic mm. and how to implement for those students how to give them what they need to grow as readers that's interesting and um, you bring a bring a different perspective to this because you as you say you were actually a teacher uh, uh during the heart of the pandemic now uh fast forward let's talk a little bit about uh you know where we are now uh you are you all as an organization are seeking tutors, part-time tutors uh, to help, uh, to help uh, these, these uh, folks out here. And you're actually offering them uh, uh, pay uh, to become tutors. Tell us a little bit about all of that. Yeah, um, so our tutoring program is what we like to call um, high dosage, um, low ratio tutoring. What that means is um, students meet for three sessions a week okay. for 45 minutes per session, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, during the school day. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are looking for tutors who are willing to work during those times. Um, we start pay at $20 an hour wow. um, because we understand, right? We want people who are going to come in and be committed, right? Um, to helping us help support the school district in making sure students are on grade level. The, and this is and this is for school-aged children, uh, these tutoring sessions that you're speaking of, correct? Yes, okay. yes, we work with um, second and third grade students. Now, uh, what is the correlation uh, in terms of that particular age group, uh, second and third grade students, uh, in terms of why uh, that particular target zone? Uh, is there some, uh, you know, uh, metric in terms of that, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, at, by second grade, they need to be reading at this level, by third grade? I know, I know third grade seems to be uh, the, the, the target zone, but kind of explain that, that part of it. Yeah. Um, so when we look at um, second and third grade, by the time students are entering into fourth grade, right, that's why we've seen what we've seen with the third grade retention yes, law and yes. um, students not like making sure that students are on grade level by the end of third grade. Yeah. Um, there are some indicators that if by the end of fourth grade students are not reading on grade level, mm -hmm. um, they're their outlook for um, graduating is not as high, right? Um, their outlook for jobs for college is not as high as students who are on grade level. So when we see that, we see like second and third grade as key years in um, building that foundation so that students can be on grade level by the end of fourth grade. Hmm. There, there really is a lot to that. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, as an organization uh, who is specifically uh, designed uh, to the literacy end of things, you all see a lot uh, that uh, a lot of uh, the rest of us who don't do what you do see. Uh, but in terms of the academic uh, aspect of things, uh, it is important uh, to be able to help to uh, get all of these young people up to a specific level. And what you said earlier about the part-time tutors, uh, you know, we understand that time is valuable, but what you're looking for here, uh, and I don't think people should be lost on it, is a commitment. Because uh, if you're going to be involved in this, you're going to be committed uh, to these young folks uh, uh, to help them uh, to increase their skills, uh, to be better suited as they continue to move on with their education, correct? Absolutely. Um, and when we look at 
the tutors through the program last year and the connections that were made between students and tutors, right? Mm -hmm. When you are committed and you show up and you're passionate and the kids can really feel that you care and you want them to do better, um, it makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being able to go into schools and see kids excited to see tutors, right? That's not something that you would normally think that kids are excited to go to tutoring. But they are because they know that, like, in that time, they're going to get really intentional time with someone who cares about them and cares about their performance in school um, and cares about them knowing how to read, understanding what they're reading and being able to do well in class. Candace, before I let you go, uh, anybody who's interested, how can they get in contact with you all? Yes. um, If they go to tutor901.org, org mm-hmm. um it will take them directly to um the application page and they can apply um it takes them to our application page on indeed and they can apply there um for the position yes listen uh thank you so much for for coming on tonight and and more importantly thank you for what you're doing uh for so many uh who need it in our community really appreciate you uh and uh if you don't mind uh, coming back down the road a little bit and kind of giving us a progress report on on, on where things stand we would love that oh uh, yeah absolutely i would love to do that absolutely listen candace freeman ladies and gentlemen from literacy mid-south uh thank you so much for coming and i look forward to uh staying in touch and uh, we're going to yes. be a partner with you in this effort as well thank you and you have a great yes, evening absolutely we'll talk thank to you, soon. you you're welcome All right. great show ladies and gentlemen uh once again i uh, hope that you enjoyed uh the uh, guest uh, that we had tonight and the information that they uh that they imparted uh, to each and every one of you as bryn plays this out uh really enjoyed the show tonight uh, uh, you know, sometimes putting these guest lists together, you you never know. But, uh, uh, you know, I think we had a good combination tonight. And I want to thank Mauricio Calvo, Reverend Dr. Earl Fisher, and, of course, Candace Freeman for joining us tonight. More importantly, I want to thank you. Uh, however it is you're getting this broadcast, whether you're listening to us on radio or you're checking us out on Facebook Live or you're downloading the podcast, and I would always suggest that you download the podcast uh, when it comes out as well. I really appreciate you. And in the meantime, in between time, please be careful out there. Uh, watch out for the other person because they may watch, may not be watching out for you. Uh, so for Nicole, for Lola, and for Bren, I'm Chip. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, in a week from now. Uh, so in the meantime and between time, we are out. Welcome to Real Talk.